Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we have a story that I have to admit actually made me a little bit mad. Now, if you're in virtual legality, chances are one of the things you like about what we do here is we talk about things in as unbiased a fashion as I can, not bringing in a lot of emotionality here. And I will try to keep that emotionality out of this particular video. But in talking about Blue Box Game Studios and Abandoned at IGN, I couldn't help but feel that the folks at IGN had really done the gaming community a disservice with the way they posed the interview and with the conclusions that they draw from the talk that they had. In fact, I tweeted out yesterday, way, way too credulous from IGN here. Bare minimum, there are not nearly enough instances of allegedly or according to Cameron in this. And I meant it. If you aren't familiar with those words, we're lawyers, we like to use big words here. Credulous means having or showing too great a readiness to believe things. And you might be more familiar with the reverse, incredulous, of a person or their manner, unwilling or unable to believe something. And here, what I'm accusing IGN of is essentially just believing what they're told and then going out to the world with it as if it were fact in a way that I think is pretty harmful to those of us that follow these stories and would expect better from one of the biggest gaming outlets in the world. Now, a lot of you come into my comments and ask me how the coloration of these highlights work in an article or a litigation that I look at. And very often, a lot of it is just separating clauses with the exception of red being the most important. Here, however, I've done something differently. And we're gonna look at the bulk of this article to talk about it. Green is gonna be quotes directly from Hassan Karaman, the CEO of Blue Box Game Studios. Uh, and Red is going to be things that IGN says without any kind of disclaimer that it's just coming from Karaman or anyone else. And Blue is going to be what he is actually implying Kamaran told him, but that isn't included in quotes. Yellow is just for things that I think are important to discuss. So keep track of how many red lines there are, because this is IGN reporting as truth something that is not otherwise qualified by the fact that they were told this by Hassan. And that's going to come up again and again and again, and even more so as the article proceeds. And I think in looking at this, we can start to see how what Hassan Karaman's great gift appears to be is in the room or on the phone or on the Zoom call, he appears to be able to convince you of the rightness of his position with answers that are deemed to be acceptable by whoever's interviewing or questioning him. That'll get you pretty far. Fake it till you make it. But ultimately, you still have to produce a product. And that's where IGN, I think, really falls down and why I made this video and called it a disaster. So let's start from the top. I knew that I shouldn't take a look at what people say, but as soon as I opened Twitter and saw these reactions, I was like, abandoned creator and Blue Box Game Studios boss Hassan Karaman stops for a second to consider his words. The thing is, people are disappointed and people are frustrated and angry. And the thing is that they're calling me or Blue Box a scammer. That is the biggest thing that even today is still bothering me. This is the opening paragraph of the article, so it tells you where it's going to go. But one of the things that's important to note here is how it frames the story itself. It frames Hassan Karaman and Blue Box Game Studios and Abandon as something that is being attacked by the internet. What you might also see described in other outlets is toxicity, gaming toxicity, these kinds of things. And in so doing, it fits nicely into a particular kind of jigsaw puzzle that a lot of gaming outlets like to put their stories in. 
And you can already see that Blue Box Game Studios and Hassan Kamaran know this. And they are going to be using that in his answers to try to win over Joe Screbbles here at IGN. And I don't want to put this all on Joe because this is a big, big article for IGN. And though he is an editor, I don't know that this was just done by him alone. So we're going to put this on IGN entirely because I don't know Joe. And I don't know what I don't know with respect to how IGN works behind the scenes. But you can then see in the next paragraph where that kind of assumption, this is a story of a beleaguered indie developer wrongfully attacked by an internet all too ready to go for the jugular leads IGN in reporting on it. It says the game has been hit by conspiracy theories. It's marketing played by technical issues. And Karaman has been marketing, has made marketing decisions he now wishes he could take back. And I highlighted that in red because this is IGN reporting on a fact that Karaman, the CEO, now wishes he could take those marketing decisions back. Now understand, his marketing decisions, as wrong as we might find them, led him to get a major, significant, and defending piece in the biggest games journalism outlet in the world. So I question how badly he feels the marketing for Abandon or his studio has gone at this point in time, but IGN credulously reports he wishes he could take them back. Why? Presumably because they were told that, but this doesn't even get a Hassan says or anything else. What they found, gamers who were interested in this story, as demonstrated on Reddit by Tic Tac Paul, was a set of five promised games, none of which had seen a full, if any, release. In fact, IGN is doing this interview because of some of the things that happened over the course of the past week, right? You've got a Blue Box Game Studios timeline, which I will link in the description to this video, that is a very fulsome, very long Reddit thread that talks about all these things that happened at Blue Box since 2015, and that was put out, that I saw on Twitter, in an image that highlights them all. Announced a horror game, delayed the playable teaser because of technical issues, said it'll have VR, then canceled VR, canceled the Kickstarter, said development was on halt, said they have a new project, announces development is resumed, game is never released, announces a new game, says they'll stream gameplay, gameplay is never streamed, game never comes out, deleted from website, announces new game, game never comes out, announces new game, game never comes out. This is at bare minimum. For the intellectually curious, an interesting timeline of events, for a studio. The very first question that comes into a corporate lawyer's mind when I see this is how in the world are you paying to live if you never release anything for the past six years? And this is a question you won't see posed by IGN. In fact, you'll see some kind of missteps and confusion over how investment works. And we'll talk about that when we get to it. But at bare minimum, unless you're intellectually incurious, unless you are just deigning to carry water for your interview subject. These should all be things that start you in a pose of, hmm, bare minimum, that's interesting. It does appear that IGN asked the question about these various releases and was convinced by what Karaman told them. And yet, we don't actually get that second order investigative journalism that says, well, it's an interesting pattern, but how does any of this work? What they found was a set of five promised games, none of which has seen a full release. It led to a response that Karaman says has been unfair, with some characterizing the Blue Box team as scammers, a group that announced games to, in some way, earn money without having to release a project. Karaman says the reality is less exotic. Blue Box is still a small company and began even smaller and took some time to learn the ropes of game development, canceling many of its projects before they began eating up the time and money it would take to bring them to life. 
And you see the two Karaman says, this is totally fine. IGN reporting what he is actually telling them in an interview. But you also start to get a secondary issue that's going to be writ large when we start to get into more of the red highlighted material. And that is, in journalism, usually, if you're going to report on facts, and they're going to be controversial facts that maybe have a couple of different ways that you look at something, you're going to get more than one source. And there's no indication in this article that anything else is happening besides Hassan Karaman talking to the interviewer at IGN. So every single time you get a fact statement from IGN, which isn't accompanied by a Karaman says or Hassan says or Hassan states or explains or whatever, you get into this notion that IGN is taking the word of one person with a dicey background and taking it as sacrosanct. And that's never going to work for me, as you probably know, if this isn't your first trip to virtual legality. And I don't think it should work for you. Karaman also tells IGN that one of the few games Blue Box had charged customers for, Fatal Frame Homage, The Haunting Bloodwater Curse, will be finished and released for free ahead of Abandon's launch. Those who bought the early access version will be offered an abandoned bundle for free as a make good. Now you see the different highlighting here. You don't see that Karaman also tells us, but we can assume that it applies, that the early access version will be offered an abandoned bundle for free as a make good. It's unclear how they will do that. It's unclear how they are putting food on the table, but IGN doesn't ask any of these questions. You'll also note one of the things that happens in this interview that happens a lot when you're dealing with individuals that make a lot of promises and don't keep them is that they continue to make more and more promises. Hey, we released this game. It's going to be something that you like. Buy it in early access. Oh, it didn't work out. We'll finish it and release it for free. We'll give you abandoned on top of it, which is a game that is having an interview in IGN because people don't believe it's real. And it's not going to get any better as we continue through the article. Blue Box's early history. Now, if you're looking at this on YouTube rather than listening to it as a podcast, you now see an explosion of red because IGN just starts saying things that aren't otherwise tied to what they have been told. And there is no indication of any background checking of any investigative journalism and no indication of secondary questions that might lead them to having this knowledge. It is clear at this point, says IGN, that Karaman isn't the kind of person that necessarily looks before he leaps. And that's an editorial assumption about this individual based on giving a truth value to the answers that he is giving, despite anyone looking at this background not having a reason to believe much of any of it. IGN is now essentially backing up the veracity of the statements that they have been given. The developer admits that some of Blue Box's decisions have caused trouble for the studio and disappointed fans, something he seems to genuinely regret. This isn't highlighted in red, but it is essentially an editorial commentary made by IGN to the defense of the personality of this individual. Blue Box is now made up of 10 full-time staff, boosted to around 50 people on Abandoned, accounting for freelancers and outsourcing studios, but it's been as low as two, with just Karaman and a friend working on some early projects. Nothing is indicative of Kamran telling him this. This is IGN reporting it for its news value as a fact. And I got to be honest with you. I have trouble believing it. Since 2015, they've worked on games that have never released. They've apparently gotten funding from an outside investor we're going to talk about that they immediately gave back, give or take. And now they say they have 50 people working on their video game. The natural question there is, where are you getting the money to pay these people. What are you doing? How does this work? And it doesn't appear to be a question that was asked. 
and honestly, it strains the truthfulness. I can't look at this even as a non-journalist and say, how can you not follow this up? How can you report this as true? 10 full-time staff at a game company is not cheap. How are you paying them? Boosted to around 50 people, that's obviously less cheap. The upshot, reports IGN, is that Karaman would often announce games before it was totally clear they were feasible to make. IGN's just, again, saying that what they are being told is true. Kamaran says the investment allowed Blue Box to rework the game, retitling it Rewind Voices of the Past. However, the project grew beyond the young studio's capabilities, and without further investment, it was fully canceled. So understand, one of the first projects that they did, if we go and we look at this chart, 2015, they had a Kickstarter for it. And in the fifth update to that Kickstarter, they said, Rewind will be fully funded by a private investor. This will allow us to achieve our goals Within a short time span, we would like to thank our backers for their support. The campaign shall be canceled later today. And again, somebody that is curious looking at these types of questions might say, well, you know, we see Kickstarter scams and scams probably too strong of a word. We don't like to make those accusations here in virtual reality, but we see um, useful ways of operating within Kickstarter for perhaps not terribly good faith actors that can go and have a Kickstarter campaign and get certain amounts of marketing attention and then cancel them due to a mysterious outside investor and get that marketing value and not otherwise have to oblige a Kickstarter investment. And that could be the possibility of what happens here. Instead, IGN reports it as well. It was just canceled due to securing private investment. Do you have evidence of that? Did you ask Mr. Cameron about seeing the account, seeing what that looked like from your side? This is an investigative journalism piece. You're talking about history. You're reporting it as fact. Did you ask those questions? I have no indication that you did. Cameron says the investment allowed Blue Box to rework the game. However, the project grew beyond the young studio's capabilities and without further investment, it was fully canceled. That's highlighted in red because we don't get a Cameron says and we just get IGN reporting on it as what happened here was that it just grew too fast. It grew too big. And even though we had that outside investment, we told our backers that this investment was going to get us across the finish line. It just grew too big. And again, it's reported for its truth value. Contrary to some thoughts expressed on social media, Karmaran insists that the original investment money was paid back to ensure Blue Box wasn't left in debt. It doesn't work that way, he explains, because if you don't return the funds, then you'll have debt. And it's not that an investor is like, hey, here you go. Here's $200,000. If it works out, cool. If it doesn't work out, keep the money. It doesn't work that way. And most certainly, it does not. People are making an investment in order to make a return on that investment. Depending on what you sell, you might sell your stock in your company. You might make them an actual member or shareholder in your company, in which case they're on board with you entirely. They can't get that money back. They hope that you release something that is useful. They might give you a promissory note. I think we've talked about that in the past. That's essentially a debt instrument. They say, here's $100,000. You'll pay it back in three or four years. And then when you pay it back, we won't have a relationship. But if you otherwise get funding, it might convert into other stuff. There's all sorts of ways to actually get that money in. However, if your particular studio is getting investment to make a specific project. One of the things you might do is you might make a different company that works solely on that project. And if the project doesn't work out, then you cancel the company and you don't pay that money back. This is a little bit of an interesting situation because if you say you have to pay it back, it's unclear what the investor was actually doing. And since it happened on such a short timeline, one question that you might ask if you're the IGN interviewer is what were the terms of this investment? Who was the investment made by? How quickly did you have to return it? What was the metrics of success? 
And that might help illuminate for you exactly whether or not you're getting snowed uh, by what appears to be a fairly confident man. We'll get back to that. Cameron says, in respect of the lost tape, I think it's the second game on that list, the game was removed because it had been made for PC and didn't run well enough on phones. To Cameron's knowledge, all those who bought the game received refunds, but he says anyone who didn't can email Blue Box with proof of purchase to claim one. I highly recommend if you do have a purchase of The Whisperer, that you go and see if you can get that refund. And I would be willing to bet that it will be a more trying process than is suggested in this interview, but I don't know that for sure. And so I won't report on that for its truth value. You'll also note here, I highlighted in red that they are giving, again, credibility to what he is telling them with respect to his knowledge. To Cameron's knowledge, all those who bought the game received funds. This article then essentially backs that up. doesn't say, according to Hassan, all those who bought the game received funds, or as he says, or attests to with respect to his own knowledge, they just say, hey, to his knowledge, he thinks everybody got refunds and we're not otherwise going to place any language that talks about whether or not that's actually true. Similarly, Tales of Six Swords, a mobile homage to JRPGs with a far more vibrant style than Blue Box's other projects, was released for free on Android, but subsequently pulled because the company couldn't reach the scale of game it was aiming for with limited file sizes. Carmaron says that in this case, pulling the game wasn't because Blue Box won't complete it, but because it wants to do the idea justice. We aren't actually done with that. We actually still like the idea, and maybe in the future, we'll definitely do something with it. And bare minimum, you're looking at this sequence of events, and he's got three different reasons for the first three games being pulled down, and you're looking at it and saying, okay, let's say that there is a scam here. How is he monetizing any of this. And certainly with software, software can do various things that are bad. And so anytime you see a pattern like this, I always recommend caution with interacting with a third party that's putting that kind of software on your phone or your PC or heck, your PlayStation 5. But we don't actually have a clear indication of how this company is making money. This is why the money question is so important because it's framed at the top of this article as, oh, I'm so upset people are calling me scammers. But Otherwise, we're looking at this and saying, how does your business actually function without releasing a product? And with putting stuff on and pulling it off, it's a pattern that I can't fully understand. I don't have the background. I wasn't in the room uh, with Mr. Cameron here to discuss these things. And so it looks very suspicious. And yet we won't see any of that suspicious look represented in the rest of this article from IGN. All of these early projects share an element in common. They were announced or released very early a pattern we've seen repeated on Abandoned. Over-enthusiasm can easily become a mistake rather than a virtue and has clearly caused problems for Blue Box and those interested in its games. Understand what IGN is saying in this sentence. One of the issues, if not the primary issue for Blue Box is just over-enthusiasm. They're just an over-enthusiastic young bunch of developers that just get ahead of themselves. And like Peter Molyneux, put out marketing materials that they shouldn't put out. And by God, they're plucky. But it's over-enthusiasm that's causing their problem. And we'll see this doubled down upon at the end of the article. But Cameron repeatedly tells me that it's inexperience that's to blame, not the malice that's been perceived by some circles. I'm still trying to figure out why people call us scammers because our past is like, we are a small studio and we were even smaller and the games that we've made in the past were just made part-time with small audiences or actually having no audience at all. Indie Studios tells IGN at the start of their lifespan regularly begin and cancel projects with little to no notice paid by the public. It's just that few gain the public attention and scorn that Blue Box has. 
Cameron says his studio is no different to others. Some of these games were actually put there in the hope to create an audience. And when you see that there is no audience, you just cancel it out. Or if the game doesn't work out, you just cancel it out. But it isn't that people bought something. It isn't that someone has spent money on it. It was just showcasing it. If there was no audience, you just cancel it. And maybe that's true for some of the early stuff, but it's not so true when you start releasing it and pulling it back as has been their pattern and modus operandi. Something else is going on there, and I'd love to hear about it from IGN. Unfortunately, I will be left wanting in that regard. The Return of the Haunting. Blue Box's last release before Abandoned was The Haunting, a horror game inspired by Fatal Frame and launched into early access last year. It, too, suffered due to a lack of experience around releasing a game still in development. IGN reporting is fact. The main problem with The Haunting was just lack of experience, that over-enthusiasm, still in development. Quoting now from Hassan, it was released in early access in an alpha version, so it had a lot of placeholders and involved animations and character models. We've learned that if you were making a story game, a single-player game, you shouldn't do an early access because people didn't get that. People assume that, hey, there's this game out there, let's buy it and play it and we'll see some production quality stuff right there. But the truth is that it's actually an early access game. And that is the reason why it didn't go well, because it wasn't received well, because people saw that it was broken, that it wasn't finished. And now you're starting to get more of a pattern. IGN says it's a pattern of overenthusiasm and lack of experience and just altogether too much pluck on the part of the Blue Box Studios game team. But what you might also see is a pattern of trying to go and get your money, get your dollars out of poor products and then apologize, reflect on them. Otherwise, work on them or a new product, some more. You've got a release that goes through a Kickstarter. Kickstarter is going to fail and you say, oh, I got an outside investor and we had to pay that outside investor back. Uh, so that game's not ever going to come out. You've got releases on phones. Oh, we refunded the money, but everybody's not going to ask for a refund. So maybe you make a little bit of money there. Oh, we released it in early access and it got trash, but I just didn't understand how early access worked, but I made a little bit of money there. And so you might be inclined to look at it with that level of suspicion if you are of that kind of suspicious nature, who I can't say whether you are or not. Some confusion has surrounded the future of the haunting, says IGN. Instead of updating the project, it was removed from sale and Blue Box announced that development would be completed by an unknown indie studio called Create Q. Now, I do think there's backing for this, but IGN just reports it as truth. Cameron explains to me at IGN that Create Q is in fact a four-person developer made up of friends of Blue Box, that's a red flag. A team comprised of full-time developers who are working on The Haunting as a side project. According to Cameron, development is ongoing, using some of Blue Box's original ideas, but reworked by the members of Create Q. And here you do have the proper Hassan explains, allegedly all this kind of good stuff, but you don't have any curiosity about this company. Are they your friends? Do you have an ownership interest? What is the relationship between Blue Box and this company? How did you license the rights to a game that you sold under your name to a different company? Where was this company formed? Where was it incorporated? Can we look up their articles of incorporation or get a statement of good standing? Can you talk to us about what is actually happening with this company? Instead, IGN takes it on faith and reports it as effectively true. Hassan quotes now, I started working on The Haunting and I think most of the components that I used are still being used, but it's just that the concept has been changed from the ground up. The Haunting was like our Western version of Fatal Frame with the camera and shooting ghosts and stuff. That's basically what it is. It has some puzzles. We use some old school style exploration from horror games like Fatal Frame 1 and 2. The screenshots you see on Steam right now, that was a concept that we were working on, but it's not that game. Understand, this is IGN explaining that this is not a scam and that this is a group to be trusted because they're just overenthusiastic and full of pluck. And what you've got even in the quote that they use is 
that game that we're showing on Steam, that's not what it is right now. That's probably why they pulled it, maybe, if we're giving them the benefit of the doubt. You also saw similar quotes with respect to Abandon. All that stuff that was in the PlayStation blog, that's not actually the game. You see a pattern, not just of over-enthusiasm, but of deception and a desire to get marketing coverage when your game isn't, in fact, even remotely like what it is that you're putting out there for people to hopefully get excited about. The idea now is to release The Haunting as a full finished product for free, with Blue Box taking the financial brunt of the project and acting as its publisher. Again, please explain how you can bear a financial brunt without releasing a product of any kind. The aim is to release The Haunting on Steam, PlayStation and Xbox, sure, shoot for the moon, alongside Abandon's first gameplay trailer, now due in a few months, according to Cameron. Abandon's first gameplay trailer is now due in a few months, according to Cameron. And we're going to talk about that. Yes, of course, we are. I asked Cameron whether full refunds could be offered instead, who replied saying, this is a more difficult process, presumably due to payment originally being taken through Steam. That presumably indicates to me that this is just IGN carrying more water. What they got from Cameron was this is a more difficult process, but the team would work on providing them should there be enough demand for people to get their money back instead of having their game replaced by what is acknowledged by this individual as something completely different from what they purchased. And IGN says, well, presumably it's due to Steam. Steam's creating the issue for refunds. I have my doubts on that score. And then let's talk about the elephant in the room. Abandon. Once again, you see a lot of red. Taken in the context of Blue Box's past projects, says IGN, the issues Abandoned has faced become more obviously a part of that story, rather than a cause for conspiracy thinking. So a couple of things are happening here, right? One, IGN has determined that this is all legitimate, that the veracity of Hassan is not to be challenged, and that Abandon represents an important piece of that puzzle and matches up with, unsurprisingly, the answers that he has given to them, as long as you give them a truth value, and IGN has done so. Then they want to essentially discount anybody else that disagrees, like perhaps virtual legality, and says, hey, if you're thinking about this in a different fashion, you are succumbing to conspiracy thinking. And they say this as a news item. Issues abandoned his face become more obviously a part of that story we've told rather than a cause for conspiracy thinking. The hazy announcement that led to speculation is yet another example of Blue Box seemingly talking about a game too early, those over-enthusiastic kids. The reveal of marketing assets that seem to fan those same flames is a symptom of still being a small studio, or as Kamaram puts it, I have to admit that was a big mistake, but it was completely unintentional. We're small, and this is the first time we actually got the world stage. We don't have experience with marketing and PR at all. Excuse my language, but it's really easy to F up. Okay, and you wound up with an article in IGN and the coverage of the entire gaming industry. So again, in terms of marketing, not so sure I believe that you are apologetic about that aspect of it. But again, you've got IGN saying, oh, it's just a symptom of being a small studio. Anything else is conspiracy thinking. It's an example of talking about a game too early. Even the announcement of a trailers app tells IGN that won't actually show a new trailer for some time is born out of inexperience. What went wrong was we announced everything too soon. Let's be honest, even the app was just too soon. First, we thought, yes, it's going to be released in June, but then again, we never thought that we would have this huge world stage. What I'm trying to say is that with this amount of eyes looking at your game, you need to polish it even more. That's definitely something we learned for the future, except even here, it doesn't match up with the history that anybody at IGN or elsewhere can actually go and look up. 
The last time we talked about Blue Box was in June. Pretense abandoned, Blue Box delays in Cyberpunk, where we talked about this tweet from June 25th in which Hassan says that the app that's going to play the trailers is not coming out today because we don't have anything good to show on it. Instead, we're going to wait till August. Why? So that we can actually give players a good first impression of how the game actually is. And instead, when players went to go and get this app in August, they got a four-second teaser that was the same as had already been broadcast on Twitter. Now, This could be a wonderfully provocative art performance. Maybe it is. It could be something else. It could be trolling. It could be a company or an individual that just hates all of this and wants to show how silly the hype culture is. I I don't know. What it definitely isn't is simple mistakes born out of inexperience. He's not a child, IGN. And so you put this stuff out there and it strains your credibility. It doesn't hurt Blue Box. It doesn't hurt Hassan. Most people can look at something like this and say, this is an absolute ridiculous framing of what's happening here, IGN. But when and if there continue to be problems with Blue Box's releases, including Abandon, this is the article that will be hung on the wall and saying IGN is not to be believed. IGN is not to be trusted on this kind of stuff. It is the one that will go down in history for things like this and an ultimate lack of any kind of intellectual curiosity when faced with a very interesting story. This is fascinating stuff. You've got someone operating that has achieved marketing greatness on nothing, on complete vaporware, and that in and of itself is an interesting story. And instead, you've told the story of a man attacked by the internet unjustly because that's the puzzle that you see in most stories, and they know it. Blue Box is by no means blameless, IGN says, and by courting the kind of publicity it did while development on the app wasn't finished, there's no doubt that it managed to sow the seeds of its own social media backlash, but that Cameron and the team are being made the center of harmful conspiracy theories. Harmful. I'm not sure being attached to Hideo Kojima is as harmful as IGN thinks, but fair enough. And getting personal threats as a result is far beyond the punishment deserving of those mistakes. Now, a couple of words. Personal threats are never okay for anybody, and unfortunately, they are something that goes along with being on the internet. But having gotten now two-thirds of the way through the article, it is not something I'm willing to grant Hassan veracity on. For everything else that he has said that IGN has taken at full faith, I don't grant personal threats. I don't grant anything else that he might say without the receipts, the proof of these kinds of things, because I simply do not believe him on almost every point that he has raised. Kamaran actively wishes he could take some of his decisions back, again, as IGN reports his truth, perhaps make abandoned a project that was announced later, described more cleanly, and managed to pull off its big marketing gambit. But this is the internet, says IGN. Once the mistakes are made, there's very little chance of taking them back, proven by the fact that even the company's earliest mistakes are now on show for the world to find. As he puts it, if we put something up just in that instance, we would already have 80 likes or 100 likes in just a second. But then it's too late to do anything. But I don't know. It was just unfortunate, really. It's fair to question Blue Box's experience, says IGN, thank you for the permission, with releasing games on the scale of what Abandoned promises to be, but I find it hard to question the conviction of Cameron to actually make it happen. This isn't a story of scammers thrust into the limelight. It's the story of a group of young developers that were handed a much louder microphone than expected and saying the wrong things to a lot of people simultaneously. Where Abandon goes from here and if it makes more mistakes is up in the air, but Cameron is determined to prove the doubters wrong. And he's got a big quote about how I'm still going to make Abandon, which we will leave for you to check out 
in the links to this video. But understand, IGN's finishing blow here is this isn't a story of scammers thrust into the limelight. It's the story of a group of young developers, of those pluckish rogues that got too excited about their games. And that even if you can point out the many number of times they've doubled back on three, four, five, six, seven different aspects of the project that is otherwise promised, both on the PlayStation blog and in the last few months, well, you are just succumbing to conspiracy thinking. And I couldn't tell you for the life of me why IGN is carrying so much water for an individual, presumably, that they don't know. But here it is, writ large, as it happens. And frankly, I'm just disappointed. But it does serve as a useful case study. And what does it serve a useful case study on? It serves a useful case study for where blind spots are. Every human being has blind spots, myself included. If you're listening to this, you have blind spots as well. And one of those blind spots here, as IGN has shown, is the story the framework, the fairy tale of a beleaguered independent developer getting hit by toxicity and the gaming industry at large. And once you know that, if you're good, and I think Hassan is very good, don't get me wrong there, then you can take advantage of it. You can frame your entire story and every aspect of it in that particular fashion. And by the time you get done with your interview and you get a national global article on IGN, you can have it finish off with, you know what, I think Hassan's right. He's to be defended. You've gained their confidence. And what's another word for confidence? A man that can get that confidence? Well, it's a confidence man or a man who cheats or tricks someone by gaining their trust and persuading them to believe something that is not true. What you or myself might otherwise know as a con man. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the channel. We talk about the business and law of video games and pop culture all the time. We've got a Patreon and other methods for support. Or otherwise, just subscribing, telling your friends, linking this kind of video to Twitter or to forums or anywhere else somebody might be interested in finding it. And if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. Or if you caught it on a podcast, thank you so much for listening. I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.